0: All right, welcome back, Beyonders, to the Tabletop and Beyond podcast. We are so happy to have you. I am your host, Justin. I am here with Jason and Dan. Welcome, boys. Hey. Good evening. And we have special guest Jonathan Mary. Did I just say that right? <laughs> I said it wrong. Gary.
1: Myrie. 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 Yeah, there we go.
0: <laughs> Jonathan Myrie, Mr. Dragonbane. Uh, this is an official title for you, too, by the way, Mr. Dragonbane.
1: It has indeed. And, and I'll tell you, Free League Publishing themselves call me Mr. Dragonbane.
0: There you
2: go. So, so it's official.
0: We It's are... like an
2: accomplishment in life, man.
0: Exactly. You know, title earned. It's like those RPG games, and you can actually put it in front of your yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you your actually
1: earn the title. When when Moss, the lead designer, shook my hand, he was like, "Oh, you're Mister Dragonbane." I was just like, "Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's me. That's me."
0: <laughs> that's awesome. So we are uh we're gonna talk about dragonbane today and why you are now Mr. Called Mr. Dragon Bane, and we're super excited to have you on the show. We uh met you at Gen Con mm-hmm. when we were able to play it. So we're gonna talk about real-world dragonbane experience and like what this game's all about. So before we obviously get into that, we're gonna talk about geek week. So Dan, why don't you kick us off with your Geek week, buddy?
3: Oh well, uh, I'm leaving my uh, sabak tournament background up. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, because uh, I we're running a once a month Star Wars game where the yeah. focus is a is a rolling sabak tournament where there was 125 players in the first session, and then a different venue, and then 25 players, and then the last one that we're going to do in in about three or four weeks is going to be just the last the, the best of the best the last five players. <laughs> So it's been an Ocean's Eleven uh, type situation where the players are not good enough to actually win at that level. So it's about them cheating and figuring out how not, mm. to, not, not to get caught. And I have implemented uh, real Sabat cards. I bought the ones from Disney years ago, and they're really good but I kind of wanted something that was a little easier, more user-friendly. And so I found a deck on Etsy that shuffles better and has numbers uh, for all of the symbols, not just kind of weird Star Wars stuff. So um, anyway, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, the team has, you know, they wandered into, they didn't know they were wandering into an old West End games module from 1989 when I put the second tournament on... uh, the Kawari Princess, which is from a a classic Star Wars module called uh, Riders of the Maelstrom. And the Kawari Princess always gets attacked by the Riders of the Maelstrom every time. They didn't know that. So as soon as the last pile of chips slid across the table and they were self-satisfied with their wind and then there were pirates everywhere. So we we had a great time. Um, And uh, Lando Calrissian, of course, the... The purpose of the tournament is to figure out who will be the Baron Administrator of Cloud City. I decided to start messing with canon a little bit to see see what happens. So anyway, that's been really great and uh, very Star Warsy. And uh, I've not had a very good Geek Week, but that that was that that's been a real highlight.
0: Awesome. I'm
1: gonna hand it back yeah. to you guys.
0: Sounds good, uh, Jonathan. Let's let's kick it over to you. How was or may be your Geek Week?
1: well my geek week's been pretty good uh i've played i've i've run dragon bane i ran some pirate Borg the other day i played in some call of cthulhu yesterday oh, um man. but the coolest thing that's probably happened to me i finally um so in april of uh 2024 a local guy that lives in uh, louisville kentucky near me he uh i'm his sorry name can is you Elijah. say that again yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no accent uh, shaming,
3: Justin.
0: Don't yeah. accent shame him. That's not cool, man. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I don't know if I can find that on a map, Jonathan. Like- <laughs> uh
1: it's it's the double O's, the U V uh A H <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but no, uh Elijah, congratulations, man. He's getting married in uh next year. But he asked me. Uh he 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 is the forever GM. Um, and I hate to hear that because, you know, people have to play. But um, he's the forever GM, and he asked me to run, like, 48 hours of TTRPGs for him and his players. So there's, like, four or five guys, and uh, they're renting a cabin in Tennessee, and they're going to be, they're like, he, he said, we're getting an Airbnb. Uh, it's going to be a cabin. We're going to be drinking. We're going to be eating steak all day. Do you want to come run for us? I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> So it'll be my first bachelor party TTRPG for 28 hours. It'll, it'll be a miniature uh, convention, basically.
0: So I love this idea, and this is maybe something that we should explore on the show a little bit more. Because yes. Because the idea, like, you've heard of these, like, destination bachelor and bachelorette parties. Okay, so first off, they're super expensive, like mm-hmm. if you're like oh let's go to miami for the weekend right like the amount that you pay in the hotels flights drinks like all that stuff um like it is uh it's pretty crazy you know what i mean so um i think that the idea of renting a cabin mm-hmm. bringing your food in like high end steaks of course i mean like like you got to eat well right yeah of course and um and 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 that and then just playing games like that sounds like the most epic bachelor party to me right like i mean
1: i've, I've been a part of several and honestly this this one's gonna be the most fun uh <laughs> I, I just have to say that
0: <laughs> yeah uh, very good well i'm excited well, my, for
3: that my, my brother nate has a buddy they at the last minute in las vegas they talked about renting an exotic dancer but just to come and play games, right? Just, just to come and play RPG games. We need <laughs> one more player. They backed out. More. They didn't do it. They're like, what if she thinks we're total freaks? What if she's like, guys, I've seen a lot of weird stuff, but I'm not going to sit down and roll <laughs> dice yeah. with you. This what was is that, not uh, acceptable. What, what was the, I mean? uh, the
2: the the great race? Like, uh, how the, much would uh, it cost? Yeah, the rat the, race. The, rat race. Yeah, like, yeah, rat race. Like a, a oh, bath yes. full of Pepto-Bismol. Yes. <laughs>
0: For a party like that,
2: yeah. (laughs) So, the way, just to clarify, Dan, so your friends, your your brother Chicken and his friend Chicken, out. That means they didn't ask her to play games.
3: They didn't. Or they they didn't didn't call. They didn't make the call. They didn't make the call because they didn't. They didn't actually want her to dance. They just wanted a bachelor party where they had an exotic dancer who kept her clothes on, but they played. They played like d and I mean, that's this is story
2: Yeah. That's one of those you, know, you can leave stuff out and have a fun story with your wife, right? Yeah, we had an exotic dance over last yeah. night.
0: Period. Yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah. a great time.
2: Yeah, it was a great time. Right I mean, time. We were like rolling on the floor. We rolled so much. <laughs> yes, yeah, so much. Yep. Yep. These doughy
3: guys wanted me to come over and play this <laughs> weird game. I, I called the cops on them. They're the they're
1: scary. The, the stories that she would have, though. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And sure yeah. enough, one of us is going to get lucky eventually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so yeah that 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 was that has been my uh, geek week, uh, my my nerd week.
2: So I'll pass it back to you. <laughs>
0: awesome, awesome, Jason. How was your geek week?
2: I uh, had a, had a good geek week. Actually, a couple weeks ago, uh, had some buddies over one night, and we ran. Um, see if it'll phase it out or not uh, thank you it's background good. cyberpunk right also ah. actually I'll share my screen so we can see it here that'll be easier uh, you know every time I do this I have to refine where it is window all right here we go um, so this game I got uh, a Gen con right this game is a is a really simple game it's based off of forged in the dark. Um, but it comes, I love it, because it comes in just this little like fold-out binder here, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, I'll scroll down. You can see it. See those what little, they're just little $5. like $5. Uh, pamphlets. Oh, that's yeah. cool. And what's great is that every pamphlet is, that's like your player sheet, right? So you can, it's one of those, you know, rules-like games. You can roll up a player in like 10 minutes. So you just pass one of these out with a dry erase marker. When everyone comes, hey, come play an RPG with us tonight. They come sit down you pass these out. With a dry erase and a a marker, and then in ten minutes, everyone's got a character in this cyberpunk-themed universe that's a little bit different. And then you just go out and you play and you have fun, right? And even the GM, even the DM guide, like that framework guide, it's just a little pamphlet. So you can play the whole game with just like a, a generic pool of D6 dice in the middle of the table and a couple little pamphlets that you're holding on to. And it only took like two and a half. It only takes like two hours to play a session. It's a really short RPG. So it was really good. I had a couple guys over that had never played RPGs before. Oh, uh, oh, really easy. Uh, it's definitely more like kind of improv story role play based uh, because it's so rules light. So these are guys who are used to like really deep board games like Descent and those things. And we played we played the, the newest Descent, the one that's app driven. But before that, I said, hey, we're going to do this thing called a role playing game and uh they were a little nervous at first you know like to kind of open up to the concept of like well all right so what how can i do that it's like well just tell me how you want to do it all right i want to i really just kind of want to run down the middle of the train and kind of kind of hide in hide in um hide in a seat next to this guy. guy's like all right well then we're just going to do a quick roll and see if you do it you know he's like oh i can just kind of like make stuff up it's like yeah absolutely that's the point right there's no boundaries like like a game has these strict kind of bumpers in the bowling alley here it's like dude do what you want you know throw the ball sideways if you want to you know mm-hmm. and uh they had a great time you know it was two hour session intro it was it was a lot of fun it was a train heist um and uh you know they had to jack in and like you know try to deliver some uh, a virus software at this one cab in the train and and it ended up having a twist and it was a good time so that was my geek week uh fun little fun little session i would never run a blades in the dark before Or sorry, not blades uh forged in the dark I'd never run a forged in the dark, uh, themed mechanic game yet, and uh, super easy to play and, and super easy to learn to run, too. So, had a lot of fun with it. That's my geek week.
0: Cool. Now, if I recall, um, this um, cyberborg, cyberborg, right?
2: Cyberpunk, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but it's game, like CDRPNK, right? Yeah, okay.
0: Right? um yeah cool i i mean i think um you you are super big into the little e i mean you know you oh, love yeah. mothership you love um you know you found that um what was that one the gods uh
2: um the the gods uh, gods of
0: appalachia we buried the gods
2: we buried oh. the gods yeah
0: yeah which was this like what an rpg system you picked up for 13 dollars it, it was know? like
2: less so. than that it was like it was like nine bucks yeah so yeah and one little pamphlet know. yeah
0: yeah, this is where this is where like when you strip RPGs down, like these are the bare bones that you get, and um, like some pretty fun things can happen if everybody's on board with it. You know? I mean,
1: yeah, I will writing, say that um, role play, the the rules light, it just it, it all collaborates together to create mm-hmm. great things.
2: Yeah, so. yeah. Rules light is um, it's a lot of fun when you have people that are that can open up. Right. If mm-hmm. if you've got someone that maybe has come over for game night and they're, they're maybe a little bit of an introvert and they're just trying to get out of their shell a little bit. It might be a little bit hard unless there's a lot of like good player interaction. And you have, I think we have a good gaming group, right? Cause we have people that, that will say, will they'll help people develop into their characters. Like, well, I don't know what to do. Well, rather than say, you should do this. They say, well, what do you think your character would do? You know, yeah. if your character is a, um, we'll just say, you know, he's a hacker. How would your how do you think a, character, a hacker would take on situation? the situation, guys? Like, oh, they probably try to jack into a the computer. Oh, hey, cool. Let's try that. Yeah. You know, just help the people at the table. Um, but uh, it's it's always a great time when anyone plays RPGs. I mean, we've had stories of getting wives around the table and having wives roll dice. You know, at least for thirty minutes to an hour, having fun. And then two and a half hours later, we recognize they're all in the kitchen and we're standing over like you know rolling the dice. Like, Wait, where are wives go? <laughs> you know.
3: <laughs> I beat the bad guy where'd they go yeah where'd they
2: go where'd they go for the,
3: are they record, in the kitchen
2: what are they doing for the they're record, there, like talking
3: everyone was having fun until my wife came and was like this is so stupid Dude. and then they all left with her yeah <laughs> yeah
2: but yeah. but she so, had fun for like 15 minutes she was rolling dice yeah for and having 15, fun but was that was like, all she needed she yeah. needed 15 minutes yeah she was i feel guilty design.
3: about that we we all had strange fantasies though so, Wow, what if what if our wives wanted to be enjoy our hobbies with us and that was those were dashed very quickly. And it's okay,
0: you know. It's okay for us to have separate things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's all right. it's all right. Exactly. It's okay. It's, it's
3: our okay. thing. It's our thing. Yeah.
0: Uh, so nice, Jason. That uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Um, for for my Geek Week, I had surgery two weeks ago mm. on my shoulder. Here, uh, had to get my rotator cuff repaired and my labrum repaired from an old rugby injury. That I had that was just not getting any better, of course, and so um I spent a lot of time on the couch, and it coincidentally coincided with two major things that have been going on. One is the Rugby World Cup, which I absolutely love, and like I just love the fact that I can watch three rugby games in a day and be like, "Babe, I'm sorry, my shoulder's just not doing good." You know, i I gotta sit, I gotta sit here and ice this thing. You know, I'm and I'm telling uh, you, I'm writing rat- yeah. you. Out. Listen. <laughs> Listen, about day two, watching, yeah. <laughs> no. day two of me watching Day two of me watching rugby like like straight, she goes, Did you plan this? And I go, What? <laughs> no. Me? And she's like, You son of a gun, you knew the rugby world cup was gonna be in September, and that's when you said you needed to get surgery. I was like that would be preposterous..
3: <laughs> that would mean that the shoulder surge in schedule and the rugby schedule somehow overlap. What mean, are the, the I, odds you know, of that are so slim.
0: Even if I scheduled it six months out, it's really not, you know, I mean, but the the other thing, and this is more of the geek week, is that um it also coincides with the fact that Starfield dropped mm. um, the recent Bethesda game. And so when I haven't been watching rugby, I've been able to sit on my couch and play Starfield. I think I've got like, uh, ninety six hours in that game right now. That's you it. Know? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Maybe more. See, what, what's five days? Is... What's five times twenty four? I've got over five days of that game. One hundred
1: twenty. So, yeah,
0: there you go. So,
1: 21
0: Yeah, so that's what I'm about at right now. Not so, an
1: exact
0: science. You know, I thought, I thought just, you
1: were going to say Boulder's Gate three.
0: Yeah, exactly. Not quite yet. So, I mean, Baldur's Gate, so I have an Xbox, I have a computer, but I don't know that it's powerful enough to run Baldur's Gate 3. So, the way that it needs to be run. So, I I'm waiting for it if it ever comes ported over to Xbox, which it may or may never, but who knows. So, uh, 96
2: hours in Starfield, do you have a verdict yet?
0: I like it. Um I there's a lot of people like, "Well, this is Skyrim in space." And I'm like, isn't that what they're sold Yeah. To-? Like, I mean, isn't that exactly their their worst? That's why I'm here. Exactly.
2: (laughs) It's
0: literally
3: why I came. Way more feature than bug.
1: Have you seen the, uh, I saw, I saw, I saw this on a TikTok. I don't play Starfield, so I haven't been able to test it, but where the ships shoot towards the center, like if you create the box shape, uh, ship, you'll never Uh get hit.
0: Oh, Oh, really? that's
1: That's awesome. That is amazing.
0: Yeah. There's, um there i saw one I, there's i mean bethesda always has some amazing bugs with their games oh, you know so what i mean fun. and and i actually enjoy them when you find them like just some hilarious things i shot so like i'm going along and out of the blue i'm on this like water planet that's got like you know it's basically like a giant oil rig that's like over this ocean that these people live on, you know? And out of the blue, this giant sea whale jumps up and it like lands in front of me on this walkway. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what what do I do with this thing? So I pull out my grenade launcher, of course, (laughs) and I blast it. But I end up blowing away, like, 10 people at once, too. Like, the whole city starts freaking out. And my companion that's with me is like, that is not cool. I am not going to be your friend anymore, you know? And you're just like, oh, my gosh, okay. So I had to, like, re like load a-, a previous save because it was, like, causing way too much headaches, you know? But um, the be- I think the best bug that I saw was actually on a TikTok video. Someone's like, can someone please tell me where my ship is going? And he's, like, in a star station looking out the window. And it just undocks and flies and starts attacking, like, ships by itself. And he's like, no one's on that ship. Like, what's it doing? And then all he soon, you see, like, because it was starting to attack, like, the good guys. So it started saying, like, bounty acquired. Bounty acquired. <laughs> he's like, I'm not even on the ship. Like... That's wild. <laughs> yeah. So uh, look, I enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's got a fun, interesting mix of Elite Dangerous and No Man's Sky and then Bethesda. You know what I mean? Like you just come yeah.
2: you definitely you No Man's Sky. Feel. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So have
2: you seen the uh, videos where they like they figured out how to steal in public? Yes. Oh, yeah. that's hilarious with the trash can. They just, yeah, they just <laughs> scoot it off the table with something else. Yes. yes. <laughs> Can you just like imagine the developers when they see the video? They're like, did I mean?" I can't believe. Sure, all right, he wins. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's we so can, great. I
3: can write code for them freaking out that you killed a bystander, but we can't write code against basic shoplifting. Is that yeah? What
0: yeah. Is? <laughs> I mean, and it's it's so the thing is is like. This is every Bethesda game, though. Like the community is gonna the find oh, the they'll fringe
1: find everything.
0: You know cases. They're gonna find it all the time, and yeah. it's. I I mean I I welcome it. Please show me these fringe cases because they're yeah. amazing. You yeah. know I I don't knock Bethesda at all for them. No, you know it's a good experience. I, I've only had like one or two times where it's frozen up, and I've had to like restart, but it puts me right back to where I was. So like I I haven't experienced any like wild like game breaking bugs that like cyberpunk had when it came out (laughs) you know cyberpunk was really bad when it came out my brother was playing it one time and he said that he pulled his car up to um uh the side of the road to get out and instead of it letting him get out on the driver's side it forced him to get out on the passenger side which there was a like a pylon there and because it caught him between the car and that it would kill him every time and he's like, I can't get out of this car. And if he would reload it, and he was, like, still stuck in the car. And it was, like, a mission thing, so he couldn't move the car anymore. You know? And he's like, kills him, kills him, kills him. And, you know, I mean, like, that's game-breaking and frustrating. But that's just more just amusing, you know? That's so. amusing. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty – I mean, pretty much my Geek Week was on the couch with ice and, you know, plenty of entertainment. Hmm. So, anyway, yeah, good times. All right, Dan, I believe you have some news for us. Do you not?
3: It's time for Tabletop and Beyond News.
0: Fading, fading, fading out, fading out, fading out. Sorry. Nice. All right.
3: Haven't done that for months. Okay. Uh, hey, for those of you who don't know, the biggest game convention on the planet is coming up on October 5th in Essen, Germany. The convention is Spiel. And, uh, frankly, I was in, in Munich and Frankfurt not that many weeks ago. And I thought, wow, if I could just stretch this trip out for about four more weeks, I could make it to, uh, to go to Spiel. But, um. Yeah, Board Game Geek has a list of games that are being released at Spiel. There's over uh twelve hundred games that Board Game Geek has listed. I've there's a link in the chat, Justin, if you want to throw it up on the big screen for those watching oh. watching it, um, yeah, well, on, get it on the YouTube's. You can filter those twelve hundred games on the Board Game Geek site by language, so you can just like go down to. Uh, you know about 750 games that will be released, <laughs> wow. and uh, they have other filters such as publisher, uh, etc. So um, it, it's really interesting to see what's coming out. Uh, the awards ceremony, of course, for Spiel is 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 a very serious uh, industry, very competitive industry uh, accolade that many g- board game designers uh, strive for. So anyway, that's spiel. It is like twice the size of Gen con for us gen con uh folks, and I think I'm gonna put it on my bucket list of something something I've gotta do before uh before I pass this mortal coil
2: yeah my I've talked to my wife about it and, and the, my problem is that there's no way I can go to europe w- to play games without her coming she, <laughs> she, yeah she She she's like. You're gonna go where without me? And I'm like, uh you can come. <laughs> Indianapolis but... is an
3: easy sell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody like, wants to go to Indianapolis. <laughs> Why are you going there?
1: Uh, I will I will just throw out there free league publishing, which I know we'll talk about later. They're doing a bunch of big stuff mm, there at that convention. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yep. yeah.
0: So I heard that Spiel is more of like the game designer conference rather than like the game player conference that like um, or convention that that game, uh, Gen Con is that it's like you go there and they're kind of doing a lot of demos. They're doing a lot of um, interesting things, but it's not like you sign up for game after game. Now, maybe that's changing, but that was kind of my impression that like from what gamer? I heard. Yeah, kind of. maybe, well, maybe I'm wrong.
3: There's a really great documentary on game design. I think it's on one of the big streamers, Netflix or Amazon or Hulu. That's mm. I can't remember the name of it, but they spent a lot of time doing foot, you know, recording footage at Spiel, and that's consistent with what I learned through that documentary. But I think when you get a hundred thousand people in a convention, you're gonna get some some good gameplay in there as well. So uh, I'm not surprised that Free League is over there. They have a really strong European. They're a European company and this would be their it's the largest game convention in the world if you're in the games business oh yeah you're you're head, head in to spiel so um uh, uh for our international friends who are over in europe who listen to this show or watched on youtube we hope you can make it and tell us how it was uh so we'll have great fomo over here in the united states Nice. my next item is um dD is releasing a new uh, set of modules uh the uh, planescape adventures of the multiverse uh this is based on it may seem like everybody's doing multiverse nowadays but dD was doing planescape 30 you know in the 1990s and yeah. the mid 90s. Uh-huh. This looks like an excellent product. There, there's two booklets that are over 90 pages, and another booklet that's over 60 pages. So you're in the 250 page range, and there is a a printed, large printed poster of the different planes. They do have adventures that go from level three to level ten to level 17. So if some of you all who have always been itching to do some higher level Uh, D&D play, but don't have the, you know, but most of the printed materials, you know, kind of peter out around 10. um, That might be something that's uh, cool. Might be something that's fun for you. Considering if you're wandering from one plane to the next, it helps to be level 17. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because who knows what you're going to run into from one plane to the other.
0: So So Dan, I'd like to point out that this says, journey across the Outlands in an adventure for characters levels 3 to 10 and 17 and they, so i think they 11 jump to 16 17. yeah mm-hmm. it's just missing like they're in another realmscape or something you know that's so. actually a,
3: a feature they want you to take your level 10 character and then level up seven levels and then no i'm serious i i, I did a little research on this and then start and play the level 17 version of that character it's it's wild really do, that's what doing, they yes.
0: want yeah well that's that's the news on
3: oh. the subject that's actually i thought oh, you
0: literally meant that it was an adventure that took you to 17.
3: no they take oh. you from 3 to what? 10 <laughs> and then they hopscotch you to 17 as the planeswalker version of your character it's wow it's oh, so you're like
1: the hero version oh
0: yeah look right here okay okay
3: D- isn't that yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah with t- the yeah. jump
0: to level 17 wow I, Dan- so i did not understand that from your thing like i I bel- I I understand it now. Your words are the same, and now I comprehend.
3: Well, <laughs> and and that's the thing. It's different. They're doing something creative and different. I gotta give you know Watsy credit where credits due. You know, uh, some of these RPGs break down at high levels. Trust me, I have many on my shelf I'm staring at right now that we pushed them to the end and went, wow, we got to start over from the beginning because the game doesn't feel right at higher levels. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So why not? So if you're a fan of the multiverse stuff, if you're a fan of planeswalking, you know, Planescape is your way to get from any one universe to another. If you're going from gem or to you know, uh, what are some of the other universes, uh, you know, uh, forgotten realms. If you're jumping around, you go through the planes. And so it's also a, a gateway to get from one campaign setting to another. Pretty cool. If you're, if you're playing D and D and we're going to talk about, you know, dragon, you know, escape tonight, dragon, dragon Bane dragon tonight, Banger. dragon. I'm sorry. A little little Bane. Bane. Yes. I apologize. Uh, I got one more quick piece of news. Yep. For those, this is not having to do with Wizards of the Coast. We do have um, a new Final Fantasy 14 tabletop yes. RPG. Yes. They have. I oops. Do I? I need to. I need to recopy paste the link into the chat. But um, yeah, it's available for pre order. Uh, it comes with. Uh, I don't know why my uh, my my. That's uh, okay. I got it. You you got it. Um, so yeah, uh, it comes with dice and and the normal thing that you'd see in a box set. It's starting. Its MSRP is fifty nine ninety nine. And if you were fans of Final, Final Fantasy fourteen, you can continue doing that on your tabletop, uh, which looks great. It looks like a D twenty and D six based mm-hmm. system, which we've seen um, around a bunch lately. And that's a pretty decent pairing without you know of dice uh, of probabilities without it.
1: Yeah, it looks like it's it. It said it's not going to be released until May of 2024. I did say right. that, um, yeah. but I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. Uh, we were actually talking about that before we got on here, and I'm 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 looking forward to that. I really am.
3: Yeah, it looks like, and I you know the from the images, the box set looks like a, a high high quality product. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're fans of the universe and uh, want to jump in, looks great. Looks great.
0: So. I think they're doing this right. And and I have said this before. I think that every RPG that wants to be taken seriously needs to have a starter set. Because um there's yeah. too many people, there's too many like um RPGs out there that are <laughs> like, here, buy my RPG, and you're just like, I don't I don't know what to do with this. Like it's just a core rule book, you know, like I don't I don't know how to get started, I don't know what the look and feel is. And you know, I have said um multiple times that like I feel like Chaosium is like really leading the way with this because not only do they give you in their starter set, not only do they give you a bunch of adventures and the pregens and all that, but they also give you a solo mission to mm-hmm. learn how to play the game to then DM the game, you know? And so um, the fact that Square Enix has not just invented or invested in a core rule book or, you know, a, a um, GM guide or something like that, that they're actually putting out a starter set, like as like their initial product brilliant i think it's i think it's the way that all rpgs should really look at it um because the thing is is they're no dummies right they understand that people are coming to this rpg because they're final fantasy fans not necessarily because they're rpg fans right um yeah. they're they're pulling in the people where those venn diagrams sort of intersect and um so you know you're gonna be like okay well i'm a final fantasy you know, player, and I've never really played an RPG, but this looks cool because I really love Final Fantasy. Boom, there you go. You're good to go um, to run it for your friends. Super easy. You know, so I, I think it's I think it's brilliant. Super smart.
3: Yeah, it looks like a, a great uh, product. Um, I think some of these box sets, especially if they have a lot of dice and additional booklets and folios, you are going to push yourself over the $50 MSRP. Mm-hmm. I know we talked with Free League about they love, they try to keep it a little little less pricey but um, I know Modiphius has some fantastic box sets that are, that are over $70 U.S. Uh, yeah. And yeah. uh, so it's just one way to go. Um, I'm looking at a shrink-wrapped uh, Dune box set right now for that RPG. <laughs> and uh, that, that I, did, I did spend a pretty penny on that, and uh, I've got to find a reason to break the cellophane. So anyway, that's the news, and yeah. uh, I'm going to hand it back. To Justin Danger Smith.
0: So I have just one thing I want to add, Dan, to the news. Oh, okay. um, this is this is something I came across. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> Mythic Games, I think, is in a little bit of trouble again. Um, again? Again. So oh, we all know that last year they basically had their wave one. So they have a wave one and wave two, right? Of like their fulfillment for Darkest Dungeon. Wave one was the core set with a couple of like expansion add-ons. And then Wave 2 had a bunch of expansions like the Color of Madness, like the um, uh, the um, Crimson Cord, like that type of stuff, right? Well, they are saying, okay, we asked you for more money in Wave 1, and that's great, but now we're getting ready to print and send Wave 2 because they didn't actually print the Wave 2 part, which is a lot of the expansions that people signed up for on the original Kickstarter. This isn't like the late pledges that came. In the Ooh. original Kickstarter okay and um now they're coming back and saying we actually need even more money from you or we're not sending Mm. you your wave two stuff Mm. um yeah like and so they're stating like one of the basically they said um uh what did they say they said um uh Wave one of the Darkest Dungeon game is ready to be shipped, and that wave two should start printing in early 2023. However, due to quote, a significant increase in costs, which Mythic Games attributes to both COVID 19 and the war in Ukraine, the developer says shipping has increased by an average of 600%. As such, Mythic is asking players who want their Darkest Dungeon board game wave one content to pay an extra or uh, pay extra in order to receive their game in a timely fashion um and so they did that but then they're saying that wave two is going to be even more money because of it and so um you know it's funny like this is just this is just really kind of like the pitfalls of like kickstarter um you know Uh, and i think that it's really the pitfalls of a mismanaged company at the end of the day you know the the fact that um It's not just that they're asking for extra shipping costs, in my opinion. Like They're asking for more money because it's costing more to produce the things. And the Kickstarter for Darkest Dungeons took place two years ago. And they were fulfilling them last year, Wave 1. So Wave 2 is coming out this year after they plan to um, fulfill the uh, Siege 6 game that they had. So they broke up their fulfillment of the expansion packs of this wave two thing. And now they're saying, Oh, it's going to cost actually more to produce it. We need more money from you, which I think it's just not, 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 it's very disingenuous in my opinion. Right. Because you said, Hey, like you paid for this two years ago. And now if you want it, yeah, prices rose over two years, and now you got to pay us more to get it. And,
3: and, and just, we know that yeah. we know that Mythic Games has had to dump large stocks mm-hmm. of board games that they had on the shelf that they would have yeah. sold over multiple years. <clears throat> they, had dump, they had to dump them on miniature market, right, for pennies yep. on the dollar, just to in, just as an infusion of cash. Yep. So. Um, I, I could say, I'm not. I'm not giving them an excuse. It seems like they're they're burning every possible bridge they can to fulfill this to the point where they've had to ask for more money, which yeah. is sad, and I, I feel bad for the people who put into that Kickstarter. But Kickstarter also always reminds you that it's not a store; that it's an investment into yeah, yeah. A, a, a delivery of an outcome. Yeah. And even with a company, I've got six, you know, five Mythic Games on my shelf at this exact moment. Yeah. Just just because they've already done things in the past is not one hundred percent guarantee that that mm-hmm. that every time you put money in a Kickstarter, you're you're ordering something on Amazon. <clears throat> it's not; those are not equivalent activities.
0: And I think I think what it's showing too is like there are kickstarters that are sort of low risk and kickstarters that are high risk. Like we just backed the uh, Robert Schwab, you know, wizard, um, the, the, the weird wizard. wizard. Yeah, yeah. And um, I I don't. The interesting thing is he says this is what the estimated shipping we think is going to be when it gets fulfilled in a year from now. What he didn't say is this is going to be the exact shipping. And here, you know, we're going to collect your money for it now right? Which kind of makes sense. And so like, I know that shipping may be going up in a year, like it's just, you know, the nature of things. And so I'm okay with that. Um, and we know that like all the stuff is going to be printed pretty much right now because he said everything's ready to go. And so, you know, the cost of the Kickstarter that you're doing is based on sort of actual as near real time prices as he can get. Right. Um, Developing a game and saying like, oh, we may not have it actually start printing for two more years, that <laughs> is kind of risky, <clears throat> you know what Very I mean? Risky. Because you just don't know what's going to happen in two years, you know? You just don't know. So uh, buyer beware with Kickstarter. I know that there's a lot of great deals and a lot of people really, you know, back a lot of stuff there, but I think this is a, a prime example of a company that was fulfilling some really amazing games and uh, ended up kind of tripping and... Uh, like ran into some hard times because they they didn't uh, you know follow the model that they were trying to hope to put out there. I I,
3: I would I would give them just a lo- a half credit for acknowledging mm-hmm. that the war in Ukraine, if you're sourcing from Eastern Europe, is different than sourcing from China, and yeah. obviously they made commitments that their suppliers could fulfill. By the way, you guys did a great job with Rob Schwab. He he funded all of his stretch goals with with an extra $11,000 on yeah. Shadow, Shadow the Weird Wizard, So yep. with, with that, I'm killing the news. I'm going to put a spear in the
0: news because we <laughs> want to talk to Jonathan.
3: <clears throat> That's right.
0: Yeah. So let's get to the main topic. Jonathan Myers, <laughs> Mary. Mayor. See, I'm going to mess this up all night long. I knew <laughs> I was going to do Look, it. Look,
1: I've only, so Myrie is actually a Norwegian name. My, my lineage is Norwegian. Oh. So the fact that I'm playing a Swedish game kind of fits in, you know. But, uh, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that I've only had two people in my life actually pronounce it correctly.
0: Yeah,
1: So it's
0: probably your mom and dad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it was my second grade teacher, uh, substitute teacher at that. She was Norwegian. That's why she said Uh, it correctly um and then um years ago i worked in uh corporate banking and a, a new customer came in and he happened to be uh european um and he lived over here for a couple of years long story short he when uh when he looked at my business card because i always just introduced myself as jonathan um or jay or john or mr dragon Bay, depending on what circle you know me in and he was like oh your last name is myrie i was like yeah you got that right on the nail
0: that's awesome. So I, you know, that's interesting that it is a, uh, you know, Scandinavian name, uh, and that you are playing a very Scandinavian game. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about Dragonbane? This this kind of came out this year, right? Is when so- it dropped and why <clears throat> you
2: wanted to be Mr. Dragonbane.
0: Kind kind of kind of came out this year. And so- was there a pageant? <laughs> oh, so <laughs> this,
1: happened, this happened completely by accident. Like it was complete by accident. Um so let me let me tell you about Dragonbane first before I get into yep. Mr. Dragonbane. Um Dragonbane itself is a re-release, kind of like a, a polish up on an old product uh because in sweden they didn't have DD uh they didn't have a ttrpg you know like basic or you know expert or chainmail or anything like that they had to create their own thing so they they created and i'm not going to try to pronounce it in their language because i'm going to murder it uh but it was called dragons and demons basically um, it was created in 1982 so 40 something years ago Um, and it went on for multiple editions, but the very last edition didn't do too well. They basically were re-releasing the previous edition just with new box art, new, you know, just, just kind of polishing it and the people didn't go for it. Um, you know, one thing led to another free leak publishing, uh, got on the radar and they picked it up and I'm so glad they did because this is the first time that anything uh Dragons and Demons which is now Dragonbane is now released in English. Dragons and Demons it's only in Swedish. You can't find it in English at all. Which is a heart because I want I want all that stuff but it's all in Swedish and unfortunately at the moment I don't read it or speak it. <laughs>
0: That's a that's real commitment if you learn Swedish to be able to unlock some adventure modules. Hey, you know?
1: I'm 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 trying to get Free League to hire me, so if I need to learn Swedish, I will do it.
0: <laughs> we'll let Thomas uh, know that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Dragonbane, like it's you know. and we kind of touched on it earlier talking about TTRPGs, but it's TTRPGs are moving that way where it's Mm -hmm. rules light. You know, the system is easier to learn. Um, I work at a uh, a, a nonprofit private school in in Louisville, Kentucky, and I host the gaming club. And last year I was teaching, you know, 10-year-olds how to play fifth edition Uh, D&D. Now, they caught on. They understood what was going on, but if I can teach a 10-year-old how to play this like that, anybody can learn it. I'm just saying. Um, You know, there's really no modifiers. There's only two modifiers in the whole game, and it's for attacking something with strength or agility. Um, It's a D20 roll under system, which I really like. You know, I, I have a lot of people that come into this game that have played fifth edition, uh, or other systems where you have to make the number or higher. So when they have to roll in a critical one or a one is a critical success, they're like, that's really weird, but I like it.
0: It
3: feels so wrong,
0: but feels exactly. so good. Exactly. We have
3: we have buckets of d20s that have been banished from the table. It's like you you need to cut. These are the dark side d20s. We need to bring to Dragonbane that can win the day for us. Don't give me a twenty. I need a one. I need a hard one.
1: I have a story where I was running a fifth edition game, and my my d20 at the time could not roll anything higher than a five for like three hours. I picked it up and chucked it across the game store. Like, legit, chucked it across the game store. Um, but that was before Dragon Bane, when I was like, oh, I should have kept it. But, um, <laughs> you know, Monsters Auto Attack, uh, it's kind of one of the cool things about being the GM. Uh, the Monsters Auto Attack, a dagger by itself does D8 damage. You know, if it, if it if you as a PC <clears throat> can do potentially a D8 of damage just with a dagger... Imagine what you could do with a longsword or a great axe or a great sword. You know, it, it very, it feels very Game of Thrones, very Lord of the Rings, where <clears throat> the situation is very dire because uh, combat, the initiative, it changes every turn. You know, every round it changes. You could be first in the in this round, you could be last in the next, but you can also trade your initiative um there's a lot of things that free league is doing that they're just doing right i'm sorry to say it uh it's, especially if you look at the other stuff i have around the table but yeah they're they're just doing right and dragonbane i really feel in 2024 it's gonna take off i, I really feel it they they sold out of dragonbane at gen con
3: mm-hmm. sold out that's great
1: yeah, really uh, which actually Free League sold out a lot of stuff at, at Gen Con, but it was one of the first things to go. So I, I can't speak highly enough about it. I really can't. I've only run 76 sessions of it since February. Holy yeah. moly, <laughs> Jonathan. Yeah, it's it's just over 300 hours. So
3: You have earned Mr. Dragonbane <clears throat> 300 say that. times over, it seems You like. can say that,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, I just really enjoy the game. And that's kind of how I fell into the whole Mr. Dragonbane thing where um, a friend of mine, Matt McCloud, he's a local organizer for conventions for the lurking fears, um, which, you know, Justin and Jason, you, you all played in one of my games at Gen Con. Um, But he was like, I was, I was in the process of finding a new system to run. And he was like, check this one out. And the artwork I mean, this artwork—it's it, fantastic. The uh, GM screen, like oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, it's 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 awesome. Um, you know, the artwork is what originally sold me, but um, yeah, I mean, I just started running it because I really liked it. And nobody had heard about it, so I was just running a lot of games. And I was asked <clears throat> by Matt to come to Origins earlier in April to uh, you know, run Dragon mate Now, how many uh, TTRPG games do you think were ran at Origins this year? Just rough number. 500. Yeah, I, I don't know. 500, <laughs> 1,000, I, I, I don't <laughs> know. It's going to be uh, big. But it's a lot. You know, it's a lot. I was the only one that ran mm-hmm. Dragonbane at Origins. Uh, I ran 10 sessions, uh, 8 scheduled, 2 pickups. And the... After the second... Or it was the middle of the second day. I was actually going to the Free League booth out in the vendor hall. And somebody stopped me we was like, Hey, you're Mr. Dragonbane. You're running all the Dragon Bane stuff, right? And... <clears throat> to this point, nobody had said I was Mr. Dragonbane, so it was just some random person had not even played in my game, and they were like, "You're Mr. Dragonbane. You're you're running all the Dragonbane, right?" I was like, "Yeah, that's me. Uh, I'm I'm running all the Dragonbane," and they're like, I, "I I can't wait. I'm hoping to try and get in one of your games. I'm like, if 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 you have a ticket, yeah, we'll get you in there. Sure, no problem." But I told uh, Doug Shoot who's with free league. And I told, you know, my guy, Matt, who he, you know, got me into the whole origins. They, and they both said it, they were like, run with it. So from origins I'd started to become Mr. Dragonbane. And you know, I have, I weirdly enough, I have people reaching out to me like, Hey, can you check out my stuff? Or, Hey, I've got some ideas. Can I float them by you? Or, uh i like right now i'm play testing uh, a handful of things for third-party content creators mm-hmm. um, i've actually got my own stuff that i've got out there for third party that i've got some stuff i'm working on as well and it, it's 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 really crazy it's really crazy how i kind of just fell into it because i was looking for a new system to run and i was just the guy running it so
0: right I time am. right place
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah, and I'm yeah. fully taking it. I'm, I'm going to take it as far as I can. Yeah, that's
0: awesome. Now, um, so, you know, I, I joke when people are like, well, what's Dragon Band? I was like, well, it's kind of like Sweden's not D&D. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is 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 basically what you explained to us. But yeah. maybe you can explain to us some of the defining features of Dragon Bay. I mean, you mentioned the roll under D twenty, mm-hmm. so it's still a D twenty system, but it definitely has a different feel because of that roll under aspect. Yes, uh, yeah, you it's know, and
1: still a D twenty so, um, yeah. roll under. You know, uh, a a critical one is going to be a dragon. A critical twenty is going to be a demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want the demons because that's a fumble. You know, we all know what a fumble is, and that's a fumble.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, The initiative, like I mentioned, it is where it changes every round. You know, you can uh, trade your initiative with each other. If you have a skill that allows you to do something cool, typically you want to go first. So when you have, which they also don't roll for your initiative, you have cards, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: which that's one of the things I really like is that you draw a card, but if you want to go first, but you draw, you know, number nine or number 10, you're going last. Yeah. But if somebody who draws one and they trade it with you, they're going last and you can go first now. Like, that's a pretty big thing. You only get one action per round. So if you use it to attack, it's kind of important. If you use it to defend yourself, it's kind of important. Mm Mm-hmm. You know the game, the game does hit pretty heavy. I'm not gonna lie. Um, in the 76 or 77 sessions that I've had, I've had 12 TPKs. 12. <laughs> whoa. Now.
0: Yeah. Whoa. That's awesome. That's like a fifth almost.
1: Now, I've also had in just about every other session at least one or more characters PCs die. You know, because monsters they hit hard. Like, uh, for example, one of the gi- the giants in uh, one of the adventures. His name is Glam Glam. He can do four d eight damage. Ooh. Now there is no level up in this system. So when you when your HP starts out at ten, it's going to stay ten unless you get a heroic ability that allows you to increase your HP. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> um and and, you know speaking on that where it's not a level up system there are advancement marks which allow you to increase your skills because you have a total of 30 skills um you know like spot or a sleight of hand sneaking um bluffing uh persuasion acrobatics you know the typical stuff Mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah i mean you can go as high as 18. You have to leave. Uh, the reason they say that is because they still want to leave that 19 and 24 room of failure. You know, Gordon Ramsay himself, being a what a five or six star Michelin chef, he still could have a night where he messes up ramen. It could happen. You
0: know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh,
1: but there's, you know, uh, the Mallards. Uh, That's a big sell. Uh, In fact...
0: Yeah, Jason's got a Nightmallard right behind him. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's a a Macander of Half Bay. But then we've got this image right here, Darkwing Duck, which I'm sure everybody saw. Let me show you a bigger picture of it. So, right here, uh, that was actually a floor mat at Gen Con. I took that off the floor as I was leaving because I was like, I gotta have one of those. (laughs) Uh, Nobody stopped me, so... But, uh, yeah, there's, you know, your typical humans, there's elves, there's dwarves, there's halflings, you know, the four common basics. But then you got your wolfkin, which are wolf people, and then you've got your mallards, which are duck people. And those always go the quickest. People always love playing, you know, a duck. Uh, I've actually had multiple people try to create the dark wing duck character. Um, It's very popular.
2: I remember when we went to play and you, you had all these folders of pregens. you were like, mm-hmm. you could play with the fun things, and it was like the Wolfkin, <laughs> Mallard, you say, or the boring ones, and it was like the human. The, yeah, <laughs> the halfling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, well the, and the reason I say that is because they're always the less picked. Like, I don't have to print off as many pregens. For yeah. the convention, because those are still full, they're still there,
0: right? Yeah, they're yeah. still
1: there. <laughs> you know, of course, you know, you're gonna get your gray beard, Gregnar, Grognar. That's like, oh, I'm gonna play a human. That's fine, no problem. I have no problem with you playing humans. I just know that when people sit at the table, they want to play a mallard or a wolfkin. Typically, that's just yeah. that's just what I see a lot of times. Sure,
2: that's the beautiful but art. I,
0: yeah, and I, I know that I wanted to play it because I wanted to try something different and see what it was like, right? Like, yeah. like what's the cool thing about this wolf can or what's the cool thing about this mallard, you know? And uh, um, I mean, what, I wonder, <laughs> well, yeah.
2: Yeah, I wonder so if that's a, one of the main reasons why is because, like, what other game do you play a duck? That's <laughs> I not, that. I guess there's the... Um, Ruin Quest. yeah. And, uh, what's the other, uh, has game? a,
3: has a quack borg is coming out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. It's, it's yeah.
1: actually hitting uh, Kickstarter here in a day or two, I think. There's yeah.
2: another free mutant year zero, I think yeah. has ducks in it as well. Yeah. But, uh, not too many. Yeah. But, um,
1: but yeah, I mean, it, it, there's just a lot of small things that are just adding up to make dragon bane just really great. You know, if I can explain a character sheet within two minutes and people catch on like that, I mean, of course you're going to be like, oh, wait, I do this, right? But it, it pretty much sells itself. Like, I've had, I have a large community of people here in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, that now play Dragonbane. They've got, like, the box sets and everything like that. So, thankfully it's catching on here. I don't know about where you all are, but, uh. It's catching on here. That's so, great.
0: I think. I think what I liked about Dragon Bay when I played it with you is that it it married the things that I liked about D anD D with the things that I liked about Call of Cthulhu. Mm. Um, in terms of mechanics, anyway. Uh, you know, setting setting aside, I think. I think. Um, well, I'll talk about setting in a second, but in terms of mechanics, right? I do like the roll under aspect of it. I do like. Um, you know, some of those, the, the, the long list of skills that you get that mm-hmm. um, had kind of a Cthulhu feel to that as well. But then, you know, you had your fantasy aspect of the d and that, that played itself out in there as well that um, I think was an interesting um, marriage there that I, I, I think creates its own unique style and feel that I think is needed... To make sure that it differentiates itself from D and D, right? Yeah. Like it's got a, um, there's a, I, I think we talked about this when we were there. There's too many games out there that are just reskins of 5e, and so yeah. you're like, okay, cool. I'm playing 5e, but this time I'm in a samurai forest instead of a <laughs> troll forest. You know what I mean? And it, it but it, it feels almost exactly the same. And I mean, we even played. Um, there's
2: two and, every- and a half hours of lore that come before the first swing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know. <But> that's never <laughs> happened before, Jason. No. Never. Uh, <sighs> oh,
2: but,
0: sorry. Uh, sorry, yeah.
3: I into the lore. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, the lore the lore helped me help me my help me with my insomnia.
0: Yeah, and and like we played um we played everyday heroes like total recall at uh Gen Con and mm-hmm. that's a 5e skin as well and people were like, "Hey, this is great." Um, you know, like did you have a you know, one of my friends was like, "Did you have a great time plan? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, there was a couple of names that were associated with like the Total Recall realm that kind of make sure that I kept it kept me in there, but it felt like I was just playing Cyberpunk D and D, you know what I mean? Because it was just a 5e skin of it, and so mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that Dragonbane has said we're not going to make this a 5e reskin of our Swedish game. That we're actually going to go back to its basics, its roots, mm-hmm. and do the roll under d20 kind of do that uh style which is funny because you know if you're talking 1984 and mechanics um the two major rpgs that were out at that time were D and rune quest mm-hmm. you know like those are the two those were the two big boys and RuneQuest really um kind of was the spiritual predecessor of call of cthulhu right yeah. with its d100 roll under system and so it's almost like they took those two systems and mushed them together, and, and now we have Drakonbane. And, yeah, sure. and,
1: and I'm glad you mentioned the whole, like, 5th edition realm, because this is a low magic setting. Mm. Like, low magic. And I say that because there's only, like, a handful of magic items. Um, you know, there's there's mages. You know, there's no warlocks, there's no sorcerers, there's mages. And there's only there's three schools of magic and then there's a general school of magic. But I have people ask me all the time because I've um, I've run uh, one online campaign. Um, I'm running a different online campaign, testing out some, you know, some uh, new material by third party Uh, running in person. And I've had people ask me even just at regular one shots. Where's the magic items? Because, you know, in five, e you're so used to, you know, magic item here, magic item here, magic item here. And um, it's actually kind of been a breath of fresh air, really, where it's, it's you know, the fantasy is there, but it's low magic.
3: Right. I, I, I think that was one of the, the strangest things when I got into 5e was, oh, you can be a rogue, but there's a rogue version with magic. And, oh, you can be a fighter, and there's, a, <laughs> there's an Eldritch fighter, and you're going to yeah. have magic. And it's like so. Everybody pretty much has to have magic in order to be competitive. One of the things I noticed because I I've downloaded uh, for free on Drive Through RPG the uh, Dragonbane Quick Start Guide, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend everybody go do.
1: There's Reiter something great one. Mm,
3: it looks fantastic. Some of the characters that we've talked about, maybe some of the characters that you used in uh, in your seventy. How many how many sessions was it again? Seventy. Uh,
1: hang on, hang on. So. Yeah. Not only do I have the printed off version so I can carry with me because I didn't have the, you know... The nice box, me. yeah. I actually have, like, all the dates that I've run it. And <laughs> I, I officially have 76 sessions. 76 uh, sessions. And the last one that I ran, I did a... It was a live uh, a live recording on YouTube, so...
3: That's great. Well, some of the things look familiar. You've got... Strength, constitution, agility, intelligence, willpower, and charisma—that's you know, this is all very familiar to, to folks who probably have only ever played 5e and haven't like played Fate or some other you know yeah. totally alternative system. So it's not like there's a huge jump in logic behind learning learning the system and and figuring out a way to have fun with it quickly.
1: I mean, your attributes are the same way: 4d6 drop the lowest. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so, I like to have fun with my players. uh, Where I tell them, "Roll three d six, and we're just this is what we got." <laughs>
3: yeah, live with it. Live with it. Oh no! I
1: too like living dangerously.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: Three so, ones and intelligent. You are now. You were now a, a hamster. Yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> so, uh Mr. Dragonbane, t- let's talk about that seventy-six, right? So, I think a lot of people, I would say, most of DMs I know will run. On average, about one session a month, uh, or maybe <laughs> maybe two a month if they do every other week. All right, six right. since February. Middle. So just give, us, give us a little background February. on how you got that in to being a DM.
0: Seven months. That's ten points, like ten points, um, like one per month.
1: So. February 12th was my first session of Dragon Bane, okay? Um, I pretty much run, or I was running um, Dragon Bane at least two times a week, at least. Uh, there's times where... Because I'm also... So, with me going to conventions, um, you know, that you get paid... To run games at conventions. Um, I am a, it's still weird for me to say it. I am a professional GM. Uh, People can book me uh, if they wish. Uh, I have had people do this, so I'm still trying to get used to it. But that being said, you know, I'll, I'll I'll be running a game on Monday, my normal session with my normal people. Wednesday, I could have a group of people that requested me. On Thursday, it could be um, testing out certain new mechanics or uh, monsters that I've created. Because I'll tell you... So, these two right here are bestiaries. Mm. Now, the game itself does not come with that many monsters. Uh, it only gives you like 13 in the core book, and in the rule or in the rule book, and in the adventure book, there's more. But I've created a lot of monsters that I'm testing. Uh, in fact, I'm running like an eight-hour session this Saturday, where it's basically just your your players are in a coliseum and they're going wave after wave after new monsters. But that's what I'm doing. Like that, like legit, that's what I'm doing. Like I have people that reach out to me, like I love this game. Can you run me another one? Sure, find some people, let's run it. And I'll run it online, I'll run it in person. Um, I I love being a GM because you get to play more, mm-hmm. you know, all mm-hmm. those crazy character concepts that you create in your head, they're now NPCs, and I throw them in the game.
2: Mm-hmm. Um so wait, so was this something that kicked off for you with? Dragonbane, or have you always been like a two, three time a week kind of a DM? It started with Dragonbane. Okay.
0: Oh wow. Yeah,
1: okay. yeah. I mean, with Fifth Edition, because that's that's where my that's where my beginnings started was Fifth Edition. It was my gateway drug for TTRPGs, which it that's how it is for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with Fifth Edition, I was running once a week, uh, once every other week because. I've got a group of people that I play with online on my Discord uh, or group Discord where, you know, thankfully I'm not a forever GM. Like I can always play the game whenever I want. And I just, I love creating stuff. And that's what I did a lot with fifth edition was homebrew. But with this, like the system is so simple. It's so easy. Uh, Four, actually five of the adventures within the book. I've already got memorized because i run it so much and yeah, it's, it's, it's just because it's a new system, you know, D and D has been out for how long? A long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This has only been out officially since August 18th. I think August 18th is yeah. the date. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It came out just after Gen Con officially. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, yeah. It might have been the 15th. It, it, yeah, it was somewhere in the in the middle of the week. Anyways. This year. um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, With it being so new, people don't know it. And I am trying to spread the gospel of Dragon <laughs> Bay
0: Now, <laughs> now I, what I would like to say is that the reason that you were able to pick this up and start running it in February is because of Free League's policy with their Kickstarters, which I think is absolutely amazing. It is. We're in you if you back their product um as soon as the kickstarter is done and fulfilled they like to send a beta product over for people to find you know typos bugs etc yeah exactly you're you're showing the walking dead there which is we all got you know those who back the walking dead already have the pdf that you can mm-hmm. start playing the game and running it even though you don't have the physical copy in your hands and, and I think that that's just an absolutely amazing thing because you start to generate uh, exactly what you have been doing, which is, hey, you're the guy that's running Dragon Bane, That game's not even out yet. How can I play this? You know, and uh, you know you you you're able to hit the ground running, and then eventually you're going to get your book or, or box set, like you did. And you know, and <laughs> well, you're like, you can put that on the shelf, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Um this is a pre-production copy that uh freely gave me uh so i have the one that i ordered through Kickstarter. it it, that is my pretty one that sits on the shelf yeah this is my pre-production copy i take with me everywhere (laughs) awesome (laughs) there's only one of six that uh that are in the u.s so i have one of six
0: so now, okay. So I've got a question. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. bring up a visual aid here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For us, um, where? Yeah, guys? I feel like I've been monologuing. Give me some questions. No, you're guys. good. You're good. Um, uh, hold on. Hold oh, on. I got a question gotta... when you're done. Yeah, Justin. go. Uh, okay, hold on. I've got to. Um... You bring up what you're mind?
3: gonna bring up. Tell me yeah, about these ahead. monsters. I've downloaded the quick start guide. Okay. Every
0: monster has a D6
3: on how they attack. Yes. So the, the I, I'm guessing that the GM. Is not going to necessarily pick the attack unless there's a strong story reason to do that. You're the GM. You're going to say, "Okay, the white is going to attack. Here's the D six. Okay, he's going to do his roar because I rolled a one." Is that am I, am I following you? That, you you, know? you
1: are exactly correct. So there's two types of creatures in the game. Mm-hmm. There's your NPCs that still have to roll. So you, goblins, orcs, regular people, other mallards, other wolfkins, like they still have to roll
3: they could miss or whatever yeah
1: exactly exactly now your monsters and that's what we were talking about earlier for example let's see here the minotaur and the minotaur oof, they are beastly so you get this awesome artwork okay first off johan who did the artwork ah oh,
0: just take it away <laughs> just take it away.
1: Um, but, yeah, you get a small um, little block that basically tells you the ferocity, which means how many t- actions they get per turn. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it's if it's round one, if they have a frosty level of two, they get two actions. They're so going to they double attack. Cards. That's great. Yeah, they draw two cards. They could go first, and then they could go last. Mm-hmm. Um, they get armor, HP, and they have, like, what's typical gear. Like, what would they typically have on them? Now, you could change that, interchangeably increase decrease whatever but yeah they have a d6 table of attacks um where i always roll the dice like i don't like to say oh they're gonna they're gonna kick you oh they're gonna run uh, their horns into you or they're gonna stomp you or something like that. i always roll the dice because if you can if you're a storyteller and that's what we are as gms we're storytellers mm-hmm. if if you are given a uh, a situation with a minotaur I roll the dice it does a stomping attack if you can't explain how that happens I'm not saying you're not a good GM but you got room to improve and I have a lot of room to improve i I, I still don't think I hold you know that title of professional GM but it was graced upon me so you know here I am trying try my darnest But uh, but yeah, they have D six attacks. Uh, some if it depends on like the type of monster, some might have like a smaller list. I've seen a D four where, you know, it may not be. Some monsters just don't have a lot of things that they can do. Right, that's just how it
3: is. Right, the dogs basically get a bite, and that's pretty much it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Now they do have a list of common animals. Like lions, bears, tight—you know—dogs, horses, and those are also skill checks. But yeah, uh, when when you when you plop one of those monsters out onto the field, because it comes with standees, by the way. I don't know if you know this, Dan, but it comes with standees. Oh, little um, uh,
3: cardboard uh, foldable figures that. uh, so, So you get. You get uh, some faux minis. Yeah. You have the ability. So oh, that's cool! Yeah. You've got a nice visual image. It's they're very cheap and easy to put out. That, yeah. That's Plus, really handy. They go
1: right back in. Like if I plop this one out, mm-hmm. it goes right oh, and back, back in.
3: into the cardboard. Okay, great for those. Oh, that's nice. Oh, so cool. For yeah. those listening and not watching, you know, there's about an eight and a half by eleven cardboard sheet. And you could pop the monsters in and out. It's great, and then you can put them on the little plastic
1: doodad that helps stand him up, and you've got a map go, and you got a battle map go. And yeah. I apologize, I completely failed to describe one thing. They don't also, they don't only attack you physically. These monsters can also do uh, emotional damage, where they attack you with emotional a damage. I knew somebody was going to do it. I <laughs> knew somebody was going to. Um, so in the game. Uh, as, a, as a GM, as the Game Master, you have a D8 list called the Fear Table. Now, this Fear Table may uh, drain your willpower, so you can't use heroic abilities or magic. Um, they could give you a status, and the status, uh, it's, it, it's connected to your attributes. So each attribute has its own status where they give you banes in the system. So this system, it has advantages and disadvantages when you're rolling and they do stack. So you could have two or three advantages or two or three disadvantages. But an advantage is called a boon, a disadvantage is called a bane. But the fear table, what's really cool about it is you roll your willpower and if the monster is attacking everybody on the table, everybody succeeds except for one person, I roll on the fear table for them. And let me just give you an example. The, yeah, scream. You scream in horror, which causes all player characters who hear the sound of you screaming to immediately suffer a fear attack as well. So even though they succeeded, they have to roll mm-hmm. another fear attack which mm-hmm. could potentially cause them to fail. <laughs> right.
3: You could yeah. have a, yeah. you could have a morale break of the whole team. Yes. Exactly. Jeff,
2: you know, Are these, um, are these like new mechanics in this version or are they part of the older system? I ask because they're, they're very familiar to other free league uh, systems mm-hmm. that have like, yes. so, you know, these stress rolls, the auto attacks from, from monsters, that kind of stuff. Right.
0: I was going to say that Xenomorphs have that D6 engine. table.
2: Yeah, it's a
1: part of their Year Zero engine where, um, and and again, this is the great thing that Free League does, you know, with Blade Runner, the One Ring, or Besson, or Alien, they take the good stuff from one, and they'll combine it with another, Hmm. Um, because I've seen, for example, The Walking Dead that I had just mentioned a minute ago, it has several things that are very similar to Alien and Twilight 2000. Hmm. Um the one ring has multiple things that are very similar to uh oh gosh, I was just talking about this yesterday. Uh I can't think of it now. Um that's gonna bother me. I can't think of it right now. But like they, no they tie they tie the games together with the years. it has hobbits
2: League? in it. Huh? <laughs> was it Hobbits? There's Hobbits in it. Yeah. Why is there Hobbits? I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> You got it. There's hobbits. I knew it. Um,
1: but, you know, it, it's uh, it's really awesome, and I love that fact, because it makes the games almost interchangeable, where if you've played Blade Runner or Alien, you could pretty much pick up The Walking Dead. I promise you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it just makes the games that much better in – it makes me want to play more of their systems personally.
0: And I, and I think the way that they do a lot of their dice system um, as well, really encourages narrative storytelling. Yes. So uh, like we, Jason and I were fortunate enough to jump into an alien RPG session at Nova open and, you know, just using that stress mechanic that they have, you know, just really like heightens the level of play that you're playing. And, and, you know, you just have to, um, you just kind of roll with it a little bit, and you know, going back to your monsters a little bit, you know, with their auto attacks, mm-hmm. right? That they have, like, I remember thinking, like, okay, I understand the system now. We want to avoid these monsters. We should run away when we when we can. Yeah, which is, I think, in our scenario, a, a, like a giant bat had appeared above us, and the vampire I mean, bat. Yeah. And we're sitting here going like, it's just a bat guys. And next thing I know we're all dying, you know, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, we got to get out of here, you know? And so we ran into the loving embrace of some, uh, of some goblins that were waiting to attack us. Cause we didn't want to be with that bat anymore, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs>
2: There's goblins in front of us, bats behind us. Goblins, do the goblins. Goblins,
0: yeah. do the goblins. They have to roll the hit us, you know. Yeah. so yeah. It, um, And that's
1: it. It, it creates. Uh, I'm very blessed when I sit down at a table to run a game. I I typically encounter people who are willing to role play, and I'm very thankful for that because I do love a good narrative. Um, you know, if if you say, oh, I'm gonna s- swipe my sword through it well, tell me how you do it, you know? Uh, or if you if you want me to take over for a second, I can kind of give the table kind of a, a show, you know? Um,
0: sometimes, sometimes you have a player that picks up a burning mummy corpse and hides it <laughs> under a ghost to burn it. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Jason, you remember that?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I remember sliding it- on my knees to the other is- side of the room to knock off the blue torches that did
0: not <sighs> a lot. <laughs> I,
1: I love right. the whole blue torches. I really do. Because it makes people think like, wait, does it have something to do with it?
0: Nope. That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yep. So, um, uh, so the one thing I wanted to ask you, and maybe this is kind of like a, sort of our final topic with this, is sure. I'm going to share right here the map of uh, that comes the Misty with uh, sorry, the Misty Veil. Now, looking at this, um, this is not like a typical like d d map in fact you've got a little legend up at the top here that mm-hmm. says 15 kilometers right which in yep. in 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 the imperial standard that's nine miles okay so um <laughs> uh anyway system yeah 9.3 9. miles i i did the a super scientific uh measurement across this and i came up with a super scientific value of 235 square miles of the misty Vale here which in the grand scheme of things is like i don't know the state of kentucky probably like i mean it's not like that many miles maybe it's even smaller than that right maybe it's more like rhode island when you come down to it um because it's really only like you know anyway my point is is that um uh like this is not a huge area Right? Like this not like ginormous where it's like the forgotten realms of D D where you can go adventure in a lot of other places. Do you feel like uh and this is kind of a two-part question? Do you feel like this is enough for Dragon Bane? And do you feel like um there may be future expansions coming for this because you know, like it, it's it's only two hundred and thirty eight square miles?
1: So to answer your question, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so here's the thing, um, and and they I, I've like I've I've ta- I, I have heard this specifically from people at Free League. So mm-hmm. in the core book, they give you because so when you get you know when you get this, you get the starter set. You get two books. You get the core book, which gives you all the rules. And then you get the adventure book, which gives you 13 adventures. Now, if you look at this map, there are multiple spots that have names on them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there are, tw- if not twice as many spots on this map that have no name at all. Right. So the Misty Vale is uh, its 150 kilometers, north, south, east, west. Uh, yep. In the south, you got the Kumer Mountains. In the north, you've got the Dragon Fang Peaks. And you've got the Coomer River that runs in the middle. So, they have 13 adventures starting out that they want you to... Um, it, and it's a full campaign. It's a, you know... Um, basically, you're trying to find this statuette of the Dragon Emperor, Eldin who, you know, died 800 years ago. Um, but... They, they wanted to give you just a start. They wanted to give you the setting, and they wanted you to play in it. They wanted you to create within it. It's kind of their big thing, uh, Free League Publishing. Because, like I said, there's so many spots on this map that are not named that you could create a small adventure. In fact, in the back of the – is it – I think it's the core book there are uh pages that you could roll certain dice to Mm. create a random adventure yeah um which is fantastic you know i love the fact if you go through the core book to create a character they give you a roll table for everything like if you want to be a first-time gm on a very rules like system that is a lot of fun and very enjoyable this is the system because there's Mm. so many roll tables in the book where it's like roll your profession roll your kin roll your name roll your gear like it's all right there all you do is have to roll the dice and it creates it for you um but yeah they 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 give you this basic setting the misty veil it's 150 kilometers north south east west and they just want you to dabble in it now i will tell you um so the dragon bane community is very large and it's very international because i talk to people all the all day long that are swedish Mm. um i am a moderator on the facebook group of dragon bane i uh there's a discord i'm talking to people on there all all the time there's a reddit i mean there's a platform there you know for every social for this game and people are creating adventures already like and 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 check this out because before the game was officially released in august 18th or 15th somewhere in there those couple days um there was already third-party content out there oh wow yeah in fact I, I have to you know plug myself because I wrote something and I had it released before the game actually released itself officially awesome yes yeah. Awesome. yeah I mean and, and that's what they want you to do they want you to create content there's people that have been creating content for the older editions that are recreating their stuff within the new dragon Bane.
2: Mm, that's cool.
1: um uh, th- there's there's multiple multiple third-party, uh, expansions coming out, but I do know officially, uh, because it's already been, it's kind of been put out there. Um, I know that there is a, in fact, Tomas has said it in several of his Gen Con interviews, there's a monster book coming out. Mm. And just two days ago, we got official confirmation from several large Swedish publishing companies like book publishing where they've already put like a small blurb out there for the monster book, no images or anything like that, but just a small blurb. So we know it's official. It's coming next year. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's one thing that I really love about free league is that um, they have shown a commitment to continue to support their, uh, their products. And, you know, it's not just um, like little bits of support, like where they'll put out the core rule book and then maybe three years later, they'll put out a BC and then, Oh, maybe it's like an adventure book or something like that. Eventually um, like they love to hit the ground running where when you order the product from Kickstarter or even a starter box, mm-hmm. you've got adventures baked in there all ready to play. Yep. And then, you know, there's adventure books that are following quickly behind it. Um, I think that maybe the one ring was a little bit of the slowest to do this mm-hmm. in the sense of they, they had their starter set that had, some adventures in the Shire. And then they put out a settings book, you know, which is the area door. And mm-hmm. then uh, now they're coming out with um, Moria that is, uh, I like, know uh, it's, it, it looks really, really good. And so that's got like more adventure style stuff in that as well. Yes. So um, I think what, what I'm, what I'm liking, you know, and I, and I think Dragon Bane is, is um, sort of leading this a little bit with free league as well is that, you know coming with your starter set that has 13 baked adventures essentially a campaign that you can play over the course of a year if you play once a month mm-hmm. you know which <laughs> is uh, about to speed for dads out there not you Lord okay like yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but, we're lucky uh, if
3: we can get that one game
0: in a month yeah but if you yeah. can you know if you play one game a month that's a year campaign and and you know you'll have thoroughly explored the misty veil vale, i mm-hmm. i believe and you know that sets you up for, hey, do we want to keep doing this or do we want to try out Aliens next, you know, or, or right. something like that and uh, gives you a great flavor. And then when that next expansion comes out for this, you're eager to pick it up because you've already played it, you know. And and I think that their production timeline and value is um, right on par for a lot of their, uh, you know, offerings or IPs that they have that they're putting out there.
1: I mean, I I fully... So they 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 really want to get the ball rolling like you said with Dragonbane. I can tell you that. Like the the way that they've talked about it uh freely, you know, the way that they've talked about it, they want this to be a success. Um they've already seen great success. I mean, the the Jason Justin you guys saw the line yeah, going into our room there at Gen Con. Yeah. Um, you know, as part of Free League uh or the lurking fears, which again, we're just a bunch of people that run games at conventions, we run a lot of free league stuff. Um, and our tables are always packed. But we had demos going on, uh, one hour encounters, we had those going on there at Gen Con. And we would have people waiting outside the room for like two hours to just play a demo. Uh, fun fact we actually had a group of people playing a game of d d to wait uh, <laughs> while they were waiting to play dragon bane uh, it's a nice <laughs> story but yeah no they, like they I fully expect um, either a campaign ses- setting to be uh, produced next year like full on buy it and everything like that or it'll be in the works um you know like I said they're already working on monster book. Uh, a bestiary uh so i fully expect another full campaign because this is this is a small setting you know this is just 150 kilometers north southeast west yeah i expect a much larger setting like maybe a couple islands maybe a couple continents uh i really expect something coming out here soon i really do awesome well, this yeah. is
3: pretty exciting stuff i mean what I what one thing one of the things I'll say about Free League is they're they're not afraid to put out multiple games within the same genre. Oh yeah and, and they're in are they competing against themselves or not? I don't think they are. They can have Forbidden Lands. They can do the they can do Forbidden right. Lands, Dragon Bane, and the One Ring and, and, and they still and yeah. basin, 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 which yeah. you know they can all live in the same. Sp- they can all live under the same uh, corporate umbrella without it feeling like, oh no, we have our one fantasy product, we have to protect it. Like they have aliens and Blade Runner
2: yeah. and
3: Cor- Coriolis, you know, Death in Space, huh? and those can all coexist simultaneously. And so, I think for uh, players who want to have that nice, fun D and D early D and D feel. They want to learn the system soon they don't want to get bogged down into book diving which in fifth edition happens especially if you're playing a level one character that has like well, you know four cantrips and two spells you're di- <laughs> your book diving that may not necessarily be the case with some of the w- with a game like you know uh dragon bane but pr- probably has some depth if you're playing that 13 session if you get to the end of the misty veil vale, so yeah, I think I, mean, I think it's cool and, and accessible and fun and and give you give you uh, full marks, great credit for for just you know really you know being a, a major tentpole to to the to the spreading of mm-hmm. of this particular product. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you, Jonathan.
1: No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. Yeah. I was just gonna say that the the system it can get crunchy. Like if you want to get if you want to min max and get down to the gritty, you could. Like the system still allows for that but on, on on the on the top of the shell hey here's here's the the quick start guide is like 20 pages and then it gives you like an actual like uh mound which is like the introductory like scenario mm-hmm. it's like here you go like it doesn't take much at all
2: very easy it's we great. all know all yeah. free league uh starter sets make it easy to just hit the table running
0: so, Jonathan, as a last word, because uh, we're hitting about our time here, uh, okay. but as a last word, for those people who have not yet picked it up or really died, like dove into it, what would be your recommendation? What's the first thing that they should do as soon as they turn off this thing? And leave us a good review and share and all that stuff, you know, and like and subscribe. Uh, what What is the first step that they should do to go get into Dragon Bay?
1: Well, first off, if you haven't played it, if you haven't even heard of it, are you living under a rock? <laughs> 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 uh, no, no, no. Do you uh, even well, roleplay, bro? Yeah, do you do you roleplay, bro? Um, no, the first thing you should do, uh, which, Dan, I think you did it while we were recording. I yes, think. You I should did. Go, you, okay, so you, two spots. You can either go to Free League's website, Free League Publishing's website, or drive through RPG. download the quick start, that's all you need. I promise. Now, the core book, yeah, there's more stuff. There's more stuff that goes in more detail. The quick start's all you need. I promise. Um, the Rittermount Adventure, fantastic adventure. It's a lot of fun. It's probably where I've had several of my TPKs, not going to lie. Um, we but, almost
0: had one until we ran away.
1: Cowardice <laughs> <laughs> um, we to save the day. <laughs> I've had I've had some people complete the Rittermount adventure in 2 hours. I've had some parties take 3 sessions, you know, 12 hours to complete the the Rittermount adventure because there's a lot that you could go into or you could skip over a lot and go very quick. Like that's that's the greatness about the system. As a GM, you run it how you want it. Plain and simple.
0: Yeah.
1: Awesome. So, drive through RPG or freeleaguepublishing.com, get it there quick start.
0: Very good. Very good. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate you coming and spreading the good word of Dragon Bane with us all. And, uh, you know, as soon as we played it, we knew that we needed to have you uh, on here with (laughs) us. Uh, and I'm glad that we uh, got you here. We would have had you on sooner, but I think your convention schedule really like delayed us from, <laughs> from getting you here. You know, so. Uh,
1: well, um, yeah, I, I was at Origins. I was at Gen Con. I've been at uh, a lot of things in between. I've, I'll be at Game Gamehole here in uh, less than a month, and then I'll be at yeah. PAX Unplugged at the beginning of December. If, if it's a big convention here in the U.S., you're probably going to find me.
0: We're we're kicking around. I know some of us are kicking around the idea of getting up to uh packs and We're we're I mean being in Northern Virginia, we're only like two hours away, Please two and a half hours away out. from Philly. So um if we are in the area, we'll definitely uh hit you up. Yeah, um, yeah. for that. So but uh yeah, thank you. I'll so some much watching it for you. Yeah, oh dude, that would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. So uh thank you so much again for coming on the show. Also, if people want to hire you as a GM, where do they go to do that?
1: Uh, so there's two places. I actually have a website, themidgarpress.com, Uh, T H E M I D G A R P R E S -S S.com. Uh, again, I'm a Final Fantasy fan. That's why I have Midgard in there, but, um, start playing games, uh, start playing.games. Uh, it's a website that you can go and book professional GMs. Uh, again, I'm still getting used to this term. I don't really consider myself a professional GM. A lot of people tell me I'm good. I just like to have fun. Um, And if you can't feel my passion when I'm running the game, leave me a terrible review. Because if I'm not putting the passion in there, I shouldn't be running. (laughs) But yeah, those are my two spots uh, that you can go and book me. Um, And I'm happy to run a game for you. I I, I love running. Like I said, 76 sessions. You know, come on.
0: Yeah. And I see that you also have a YouTube channel that people can go check out. So we'll link uh, we'll link all that stuff down in the description for our listeners if they want to catch up with you. But Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on the show. We thank appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate it and uh, love hearing about this awesome uh, new RPG from Free League Press. So uh, to everybody else, thank you so much for listening with us tonight. We also appreciate all of your support that you give us, and we will see you all at the tables. Have a good night, everybody.
2: See ya. See ya. ya.
0: Night.